of the Q the Duck Boats podcast. Kevin, how you feeling today, buddy? You know, we're doing great. It's a good day. Still windy on the island, but we persevered and we're alive and we're thankful. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm thankful to be alive. I just played a round of golf, so it was good. Played a little, got out of work, went right to the course, so can't complain much when that's life. Give us a famous number 27. Not a fa- I guess just a, a number 27. You know, my good friend, Hampus Lindholm, who's been out these last couple days. You know what? We really we could really use him back tomorrow night. You know, I miss the guy. I do. I, I think I agree. I do, too. I think Hampus Lindholm could be a big, big part of the Bruins, you know, winning tomorrow. We'll get into that as we go. Um Jesus, you know, let's, it's just, it's tough, right? So our last podcast was somber and then we lazily didn't record after the two wins. And then it's now we have the game five loss. And we're kind of like shit, right? But let's try to talk about like, let's start off with what went right in games three and four. Like what went right in games three and four, Kev? Well, we played at home to start with. Yeah. Something about that home crowd. <laughs> you were there for game three. You know what that crowd was like. Game four. Oh yeah, it was game four. Yeah, so game four, like, you know what the crowd was like. Like, it was electric there. Like, Jake lost his voice because Jake is a screamer. He likes to yell. He likes oh, yeah. to heckle the goalie. But, yeah, we just had that hometown crowd. Just They showed up, and they showed that, hey, it's tough to play in the garden, and you don't want to play in the garden during playoffs. And that was one of the big things that uh, we really seen as every time someone's at home, they win so far through five games. But also another big thing I realized that I saw was the perfection line. Cassie put them back halfway through game two. They played three and four, and guess who led the scoring? Bergeron, Marshy, and Napasta. Marshy had five points in game four. Like, he was electric. Like, that's all you got to say. It's, he came in – he's second now in team history with the most points in a playoff game. Behind Pasta, Rick Middleton, and Phil Esposito, and actually, funny. Th- we were what? at that game. We were yeah, at Pasta's 2018, game. Jake and I were there. Is it against Columbus? Um, no, I'm trying to think who that was against. I'll look it up and keep going. But yeah, it was just they were all there. They showed up. They set the tone. It was yeah, you would like to see like DeBrus score and stuff, but. When you needed your top players the most. Leafs. Game two against the Leafs. Yes. Yes. That was a beautiful game. I was just thinking, like, when you need your stars the most, they were there. They showed up. And to win in the playoffs, you need your stars. Yeah. You need your elite players to play. And that's what they did. They played. They yeah. Played and if they don't, you lose. <laughs> if you right. don't, you, they don't, you lose. And, um, you know, I think that when we go so top heavy with the perfection line back, obviously it hurts our depth a bit, but I think we have the talent there still like when Coyle's going, when Hall's going, when Jake's going, when Smith is going that we, and even with our guys in the back end, we, we have the ability to still have depth scoring. It just has to happen. Hollow. Sorry. But like, so the biggest difference for me in game three and four was engagement. The Bruins looked very engaged. Their starts still weren't really on time, 
but they were engaged. They were playing physical. They were getting on loose pucks. They were getting shots on goal and they were creating chance and they weren't giving up game one, two and five. You had this lackadaisical style where the Bruins just didn't seem as engaged as you'd want them to be in a game. And it, to me is this like just forever Bruins mentality of, when the back when their backs are against the wall, they show up, right? It's since the days of Milan Lucic. I always go back to Lucic because there are some games in the playoffs where you'd be like, where the hell is this guy? And then when it was time and his back was against the wall, he would take over games and be that physical presence. And the whole Bruins identity is almost they have that a bit. They have this overly calm nature where they've been there, right? A lot of the guys have been there on this team. You know, they might not have won, but they've all played in that Stanley Cup, a lot of these guys. You know what I mean? Or they've played deep in the playoffs. Even guy like you say, you think about it, right? Oh, Hollow wasn't Hollow made a Stanley Cup run with Vegas, right? Yeah. Craig Smith made a Stanley Cup run with Nashville. These guys have been there. Like these are a bunch of guys who have been there on this Bruins team. So it's tough to like it's tough to, even though a lot of them haven't won. A lot of so I expect the team to come out in game six. I really expect them to play well. I don't have this negative connotation around it that I did last podcast when we recorded, right? We're not down 2-0. We need to go out. We need to win a game. You win game six. That's all that matters. You win game six. Game seven is a coin flip. We've learned that a million times. And long playoff runs often start with adversity. They do, and your team builds through that. The Bruins have to win game six. If they win game six, I think they will win game seven. They simply have more experience in winning game sevens than the other team. Then the Canes, they're going to be less nervous. And I think there's less outside noise. I, I, As much as I, the last time we talked, complained about Cassidy, I think Cassidy has done okay in this series. He hasn't acted like a clown in the media. He hasn't done anything too crazy, too stupid with the lines. He he put the perfection line together and it works. So who are we to say, you know, that was that bad of a decision? I think that Brenda Moore might have his team a little too amped up if they get to a game seven and that could help us. But we'll find out. We really will. Um, in you know, game three and four, we, we started on time in a way. It took us a couple minutes, really, both those games to get into it. But we played strong, hard Bruins hockey. Game five, we started okay, but we didn't score. And when you start okay and you don't score, and then the other team gets a goal, the balloon pops. And we've seen that too many times too. But we got to find a way to get into games on the road and get more, get more engaged. I see the next thing you have on the list is Charlie from the Rafters. So I'll let you start with that. Yeah, so everyone thought Charlie McAvoy, game five, COVID protocol. He didn't travel with the team. Him and Lindholm stayed in Boston. And there was it two hours before the game. <coughs> Charlie spotted when at 95, walking into PNC. And then everyone's like, what's going on here? Reports start coming out. Bruins ownership, flew him down on a private jet, got him down there two hours before the game. Charlie cleared. So my understanding is he either had to have sent symptoms or exposure. He had to have five days of quarantine or two negative tests. So obviously Charlie must have – the five days wasn't up, so he had two negative tests. He was good to go. He was good in warm-ups. His body was good. And he was playing. No one expected that. Yeah, but. I have I have no idea what kind of rule circumventing went on for him to be able to be like out sick with COVID two days ago and then playing, but whatever. Like that's I'm no doctor. Kevin's no doctor. 
I don't know. The whole Bruins team has the vaccine, so maybe that's something. Like, I, I really don't know. I really don't know. I know that Charlie and Pasta are the only two guys that still have to test because they're the two who hadn't gotten COVID. But I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I don't know. So, well, it was great to see him back. I was – I got so amped. I thought that that was going to push the Bruins over the edge. It didn't, though. <laughs> they came out kind of flat. Actually, I thought Charlie didn't have his best game at all yesterday, which is expected. He looked a little rusty. Like, that one game and probably not feeling good a little bit. But I think that'll be gone. I think the whole team is going to be absolute nails tomorrow night. I really do. Like, I think the Bruins are going to come out and play the most complete game of hockey we've seen them play all year simply because their backs are on the line, and I trust this team when their backs are on the line. And if not, if this Bruins team loses tomorrow, I think we are going to see philosophical changes from top to bottom of this team. I really do. So let's hope it doesn't happen. But if it does, I think we'll get enough material over the next couple months to keep on talking about this shit every week. I really do. But let's look at some other parts of the back end, right? Hampus Lindholm's expected to be back. I know there is some frustration with – within Bruins fans is why he couldn't play, but I don't think that was Hampus's decision. Just like with COVID protocol, there's concussion protocol, and the NHL takes that shit seriously. It's as simple as that. So I don't think he had enough days without concussion symptoms or post-concussion-like symptom, Jesus, symptoms to be able to play. So I think it was kind of just that simple with that, and he wasn't able to fly. If you're not completely concussion symptom-free – and you can't pass that baseline test they make you take, you're, they're not going to let you get on a plane. So, like, he had to probably do that the day before, you know what I mean, after practice. So, I, I don't – it just didn't work out. But he's in. He's going to be good to go. So, you're going to have them back. Grizz and Carlo is our next thing here we have. Um, I've been really unhappy with the play of them both. It's that simple. I thought that both of them had pretty good game fours. Game three, I thought they were both okay. Game four, they did step up. They really did. Um, Grizzly's size has shown through in this playoffs. When you need him to play physical, he he can't. And it, I do still think there's huge value in Grizz's game. And I'm not a guy who's like, let's get rid of Grizzly. I just – he can't be your top four. I, it's tough because analytically all year he is an elite defenseman. And it's like I, I teeter on do I – am I an analytic guy or am I not? And the more I look into it, it's just when the going gets tough, it, it's really hard rolling out Carlo and Grizzly as a top pair, right? I mean, when the going okay. gets tough, he has a minus 17 in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, shit, dude. You got to look at it right down the list I have it in front of me. Carlo's a minus four and Grizzly's a minus six. It's yeah, that's great. Yeah. But for his career, minus 17, yeah, like, that's tough. It's not great. I mean, but Charlie McAvoy's minus one. So yeah. it's not the, – the only – I mean, who do we have that's positive? We have Cliffy's plus one. Cliff played great this playoffs. Clifton, yeah. I've been mad yeah, at him zero forward, times. Like, yeah, I've been mad at him zero times. They really have. They've been our two best defensemen, you know, and nothing against McAvoy. McAvoy's been good too, obviously. But I – I just like playing above their ability. I think Clifton and Forward have been my two favorite defensemen to watch. Exactly. You know Marshawn's you're... probably leading the playoffs with nine points, I think. So that's good. But like, yeah, you know what you're going to get out of McAvoy every night. And you expect nothing less than that for that him to play those top minutes, play the top level yeah. he does. He's a war horse and he shows it. He's the only defenseman that wants to go and hit somebody. It's. Yeah, no, never do I ever say a really bad thing about Charlie McAvoy. I thought he had a shaky last game. It's still better than 95% of the NHL's defensemen's top of their games. Like, oh, it's you know. crazy. 
Taylor Hall, he was playing good, and then the last couple of games, like, whoa, he went right there. He's dash seven now with three points. So it's like, need more out of him. Um, I thought Smith. Coyle played great at home. And need more out of Smith. I feel you. We haven't yeah. heard Smith's name at These all. These guys know this. They know it. They know it. So, you know, there are guys who have bad series, and in the next series, they're great. It's a fresh start. They just have to get there. And if they want to get there, they have to get, win two games in a row. We've done it once already this year. We've already won two games in a row once, handily. We can do it again. Do you think, though, for like Smith and Coyle not having Freddie there and having Nozick now that yeah. chemistry-wise? Like... Yeah, I do. I really do. I I would like to see Trent Frederick get back in the lineup. Did he make some costly mistakes for penalties? Yes, he did. He definitely did. Um, there's no way around it, right? He has 14 penalty minutes in two games. It's, it's fucking terrible. Oof. Yeah, it's Oof. terrible. But Trent Frederick has skill, he has pace, he has grit, and he has ability that no one else really that cycled through that line has, if we're looking at, I guess, really. I mean, just Lazar doesn't have that ability. Wagner doesn't have that ability. Nosek doesn't have that ability. And Nosek, Wagner, and Lazar fill their role well. But, but uh, Frederick's a better player, right? So it's just it's a tough situation. I'd like to see Freddie get back in. And I know you've talked a little bit about like Trent Frederick's future and what I think it's going to be. I don't think this is the deciding factor on Trent Frederick's future. He's still young. He's 23 years old and he had his best season yet. He was finally finding his groove. Right. So it's like, it's tough for me. He played 60 games. He had 18 points. He was plus 10. He had eight goals, 10 assists. I really, it's tough for me to be mad at the season Trent Frederick had as a 24 year old. I think we see Trent Frederick hit his stride as a 26, 27 year old. I right. really do. And like you look at his days when he played in Michigan and he played in Providence. He didn't play in Michigan, he played in Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Yeah. Oh, my bad. Okay. Um, but yeah, now you look at the, like when he played back there, like the offense was there. Like he just needs to find it. And it's yeah. It's, yeah. But like, he, he was, was starting like, to find it. He scored eight goals this year in the NHL in 60 games. Right, like no. we talked about, it, like his, like what Cassie's done for his like development, and they've asked him to do so many different things and just start and stop. And it's, it's like just... let's let him be a third liner. Let's let him be right. a third liner that has some offensive skill. That's what I. That's my request to the Bruins. Right, I agree with you. They start and stop him fifty times. He played sixty games. If he played eighty-two, he he probably scores twelve goals. So it's like you know I. I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say like well, I'm done with Freddie because I'm not. I think he's gonna be an instrumental role to the next wave of Bruin. So that's that for me. I really think that he's he's important. Oh, no, I totally agree. Like, I love Freddie. Freddie fight, fight Club. Yeah, but he doesn't even get to be that guy anymore. I know, the that's Bruins the cool told thing. Him to calm down. The Bruins, the Bruins have – they neutered him. They neutered the guy. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, like, we need to let the puppies run. We need to let him get out there. We need to let him hit. We need to let him play reckless. If not, then don't have him in the lineup. So if you're too worried about that right now in playoffs and you think he hasn't learned the line yet, then keep him out of the lineup. But next year you got to let this dog fly because you did it with Marshawn and it worked out. Do I think Frederick's going to be Brad Marshawn? No. But I, do I think Frederick can be a Tom Wilson type player? Yes, I do. So that's – it's that simple. You want to talk about Josh Brown, so do it. I don't know. Like my whole thing was just – when he did play, it's just having that big body who's not afraid to go. And just, I do feel like it stopped Carolina, who's playing like their big guys, their physical game. And with Josh Brown, that he can kind of like, he asserts himself and it so kind of just. Did not, no, I keep going. Sorry. 
No, I feel it changed a little bit where it's like, all right, they know that you're going to hit our guys. He's going to hit them. You know what I mean? Like at the, when they did play him at home, it's that's what it seemed like from like my perspective. But I know you had different thoughts, especially watching him in person. Yeah, so just like it's funny. Like this is where I look to the different perspectives between if you're in person or at home. I thought he looked clunky. I thought he had some tough puck possessions, but I thought overall he played okay. Like he didn't play bad, right? Like through the second and third period, he played much better. He had that one mistake to start the to start the second. Him and I think it was him and Coyle fucked up on the puck and it went in the net. But like I mean, it, overall, like he he is an NHL level defenseman. I just I'd rather when Lindholm and McAvoy are back in the lineup, he's not because you're gonna have Lindholm McAvoy. He's not gonna be because you have Lindholm McAvoy. Carlo Grizzlick are still going to be your next two defensemen. I mean, as much as we complain about them, they're still not. So do you think Cassie's going to go back having Lindholm and McAvoy together or split it up like he did in, what was it, game two he split them up? I don't know. Did they practice today? Do we know? I'm not I can, sure. I can take a look right now. I think that he's going to run Lindholm McAvoy, and he's going to run his dogs for a long time. You'll run your guys into the ground tomorrow night if you have to. Yeah. So if Lindholm plays, he would okay. If Lindholm plays, he would most likely displace Matt Grizzlick or Mike Riley. Bruins have been outscored six two or five and five with Grizzlick on the ice. Casty anticipates Lindholm will play. I read that from Fluto. I don't know if that's. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I, I guess I don't know. Sitting Grizzlick game six. I don't know what's going to happen. Wow. Charlie McAvoy declined to talk about COVID today. I respect that. Bruins are in practice. They were running. Uh, I don't know. Nope. They didn't. I don't know if they practiced today, to be honest. I don't know. I'm looking through. I'm not seeing much. Fluto usually tweets all that. But to circle back to my Tom Wilson comment, right? I just want to give you Tom Wilson's rookie year 82 games, 10 points, three goals. 67 is next year, four, 13. So next year, 82 games, seven goals, 16 assists. 23 points. Fourth year in 82 games, 19 points. Pretty much where we're looking at Freddie. Fifth year, 14 goals, 21. Then he gets to 22, 21, 13 and a half seasons, 24 this year. It took him time. He's now 28 years old. He's hit that peak in his game. That's the trajectory I have Trent Frederick on. We have to wait and let it happen. I really, really feel that way. I'll be happy if Frederick's over. 15 goal score, 15, 15. 20, 15, 20. 100%. Yeah. For your third line guy. Yeah. That's, and it has that, that toughness. That's you let him do is. that. Yeah. You don't get rid of Trent Frederick. Trust me. He becomes Tom Wilson. And one day we'll get this clip when he's a 15 goal scorer, 30 assist guy. We're like, oh, he has 40 points. He's a really good player for our third line. And we're going to be like, yep. Yeah, he is. And he's tough as nails. So Trent Frederick's future to me is still very bright. He's big. What? He's like 6'3. It's like. Uh, he might not be that big. Yeah, no, he is 6'3", 216. Yeah, he's big. And he's going to fill out a little more. He'll probably, be, he'll probably play at 27 at 6'3", 220, 4, 225. So, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't. What the Bruins need. Yeah, I have no – like, I think Trent Frederick should be getting this experience. He should be in the lineup. But if the Bruins advance, Trent Frederick's going to play again. I have no question about that. I really don't. Let's look to game six. Um, before we talk any more future, let's look to game six. What do you want to see out of the Bruins in game six? Uh, I just want them to come out strong. Like, you need to come out and get the first goal. Like, yeah, think, have we done like, that yet? No, we haven't. In five games, we haven't scored the first goal. So, it's tough. It's You need to get on the board first. 
and give the pressure off your goalie and off your defense a little. Let us play with a lead. Don't play from behind and be scrambling every time, every minute, every period. It's we need to come out hot, scoring within the first five to ten minutes. Like set the tone. That it's, would be ideal. The garden will be rocking on a third exactly. Night. You get the crowd into it like that. It's especially if it's a pass the power play goal, like anything like that. It's you'll have that yeah. Calls will, calls will probably go back in our way in Boston. Luckily, so probably oh, these refs have been atrocious. Here's my thing for you. Who starts game six? Uh, Jeremy Swayman. You think Swayman for the rest it's of the series? It's already been announced. It's already been announced. Oh, it has? Yeah. Cassidy announced today that Swayman's going to start game six. Right. That's good. I was, I was hoping for that. It's Marshy's birthday today. Happy birthday, Marshy. Happy birthday, Mr. Uncle Marshy. But, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Brad. But um, I look at his – I yeah, Swayman starting, deservingly so. He – I mean, he had a tough game, but the team had a tough game. He won two games. He's gonna play. He's gonna play right now. They're gonna. He's either. They, he's playing the rest of the series. You know what I mean. No matter what. No. So. Yeah. No, I totally agree. He deserves it. It's like this is his chance too to get the experience. Yeah. And like we said, this is only his third. That was his third playoff start. Like he got a little taste last year when he came in, in relief, but yeah, that's, uh, it was nothing. Like this is his first go around, and yep. he's showing. He's shaking it off. Like every goal is gonna have. Look, it's just Durkin. He was getting lit up. Lit up. Lit up. Like, now you have Swayman, who's a rookie, like, playing the top team in the Metro. Like, come on. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's getting lit up. He's only given up one goal tonight. Penguins are up 1-0 at the end of the first right now. Caps are up 1-0. Burka with the pain. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for our Rangers boys. It's been a tough little stretch there. And, I mean, uh. I, I just I really hope we get to keep watching this Bruins season go. That's the biggest thing with Game Six is like come out, play like your ass is on fire because it's the last game you have if you don't. Because Carolina, there's blood in the water, so I think they're going to be all over you to start. You're going to have to get through the initial push and push back harder. If you get that first goal, they're instantly going to get nervous, and you got to go, 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 go. I think the best way for the Bruins to win this game is to score early and often and play extremely physical. Set yourself up, win this game, and then game seven. I love the Bruins in game seven. I really do. I don't care where it is because the Bruins have that experience. They have the, they have the knowledge and the ability to prepare for that. And the first series of the NHL is always the most stressful in a weird way. Like you get so stressed, right? Teams down two games to none. When the Bruins won the Stanley Cup in 2011, the first series against Montreal, we were down 2-0. We won that one in seven, I think. Vancouver, we were down 2-0. Won that in seven. You have to get down in series. You have to battle back. It's That's why it's a series. It is a battle of attrition. It's a battle of adversity. It's who can last the longest and be the toughest. Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand have shown that they will show up in these moments. My whole childhood was watching Marshawn and Bergeron score big goals in these games. Um, and I think the Bruins are going to do it. I really do. I think they're going to win game six. And then game seven, I'll always put my money on the Boston Bruins. Yeah, look at Bergeron, dude. Stick to the eye, dude. Please. Oh, no, it's, it's fine. His eye is still fucking it looks terrible. Just wipe it off. I want to play. <laughs> so bad. But it's just like, yeah, I I'm really genuinely think the Bruins can do this if they play their game. If they don't play Bruins hockey – then there's going to be some changes and our next episode will sound a lot different. And we'll start schematically thinking on how this team changes. Cause it'll be major. They know that if they want to keep this band together and this group and their management team together, they have to get through this round. 
where I think major changes are coming. And Jake um, already has his list of candidates. Yeah, I already I have. I've been thinking. <laughs> but yeah, I don't want that to happen. I want the Bruins to win. I want to see success for this team. I really do. It, and just to kind of like we can touch on a little bit of like some stuff that I've thought about through the last couple of games, right? And you guys, you and Connor have definitely written about um, Curtis Lazar has played pretty good. Does he have any points? No. But has he effectively filled a role? Has he had penalties taken on him? Yes. Has he hit everything that moves? Yes. Has he played strong hockey and generated some chances? Has he caused havoc? Yes. Curtis Lazar is the exact guy you want in your fourth line. Because if he has to play a game on the first line, he still doesn't look that out of place. I think he was the 12th pick in the draft when he was drafted. Curtis Lazar has talent. He really does. And he's and, a throw in on that trade, which is crazy. I know. I know. He's the 17th pick in the draft in 2013. And I'm glad that he's a Boston Bruin. I hope he doesn't price himself out of the Bruins. I really don't. I really don't. I would like to see him give me, you know, a three-year, $1.2 million deal. I wonder if he'd take that. I don't even know what he makes now. Do you know what he makes? Um, it's like eight eighty nine twenty five. Yeah, something so like, like that. I think it's below a million. So, like, if we could give him a million, I think he deserves a million. If we could give him a million for three years, if he would take that, it's like you, I think you have to do that all day, right? Yeah, just I feel like everyone's priced out with their freaking cap space. It's. Yeah, he makes nine fifty. Yeah, nine fifty k. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think he would take a little raise on that to stay at Bruin, but who knows? It's all that's like a, just all kind of hypothetical, like off season stuff. Like, and it's you think about our prospects, which we'll get into. Yeah, of course. Like, we're gonna get deep dive. Oh, we'll talk about who we want out of here. Move cap space around. Yeah, the youngins. The youngins are coming. I think that we see both Beecher and Lysel in Boston next year. If it's weird, right? It's like if the Bruins lose this series, I think for sure we see Beecher and Lysel in Boston next year. If we get right. through, I don't. I, it's just it, everything hinges on this game tomorrow night. Everything hinges. The future of the Boston Bruins hinge on this game. I know how just dramatic that sounds, but it really is. I, it really is, and this is the team I'm the most scared of. Watching, I've been watching these games. The team I'm the most scared of in the East is the Carolina Hurricanes. Next would probably be the Leafs. The two teams I said I wanted to play, I really don't want to play. <laughs> I really don't want to play, and we're playing one of them. You know, I think the Leafs right now it, have as good of a chance as anybody. I really do. They're hoping Anderson. for Anderson. But... Yeah, but we didn't get Anderson. We didn't get to yell Anderson at him. So yeah. luckily, and honestly, Ronta, yeah, but Ronta stole his game. Ronta played his best he can play last night. I don't see Ronta following up and doing it again. I really don't. But. Well, only, we, we just have to wait and see. I mean, like we can keep talking and talking about this game and how they've played, but at us, the listeners, everybody, the writers, the media, every Bruins fan, hockey fans, we just want to see what happens next. That's, that's the playoffs. It's you talk about it, we get it out there, it's good for a day, and then it's we want to know what happens next. We always just want to know what happens next. So I think it's time for us kind of to wrap this up and give us a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BetUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK 
your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US, you bet you when you get paid. BetUS.com. Um, I think Kevin and I did tell you guys to hammer the Bruins in their two home games. So glad we did that. Hopefully somebody listened. Some yeah. are still listening this late in the pod. But uh, one thing before we wrap it up, as like we are, as we probably won't record again until next week, in the first round, most likely be over. Who do you got in these series? Now, like, it's pretty much everyone's either 2 2 or 3 2. All right, I'll go through them. I'll gladly go through them. So, will you want to start? Yes, we have Florida Washington 2 2 right now. What do you have in the Avs Predators? That was oh, that was oh man. Avs got the brooms out. Long eight days, but you go. You go. Yeah, no. Florida Washington. I'm going to Washington. They're I'm up, going to Washington. They're up 1 nothing right now. So, I'm going Caps. Yeah, I, I like the way the Caps are playing. I, I actually watched that game the other day. Yeah, um, dude, they almost they almost up three one. I know overtime. That was tough. That was tough. Reinhardt scored it. Yeah. Was it Reinhardt or Sam Bennett? Sam uh, Bennett doesn't play for them, does he? I think he does. No, does he? He does. It was Reinhardt. Over, the overtime game. Yeah, Reinhardt got the third period one to tie it up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was I was watching the game, but I thought I was tired. I don't know. Keep going. Who's next? Um, next up, we got Toronto and Tampa. I have the Leafs. Yeah, I think I'm going with the Leafs. Like they're just looking good. Like especially you see like the game last night. They said Spezza when he came out. He's like gave the speech in the locker room after the first period. And they turned it around. They came back and they won it being down. So I think things are finally clicking in Toronto between the young guys and the veterans. Yeah, they, they Toronto has a nice mix. Carolina, Boston. Bruins. Bruins all the way. Pittsburgh, Rangers. Can Rangers come back 3-1? I don't think they can. I want them to. I honestly want them to, but I don't think they can. Yeah, so going to be a Bruins-Pittsburgh original seven series. Original seven. Oh, fuck. <laughs> LOL. Um, Minnesota, St. Louis. I'm trying not to swear. You maybe do it again. Minnesota St. Louis. Um, I'm going blues. I think the blues made that that big win last night. It was the momentum win. But I don't know. It's like me saying the same thing, right? The Bruins, but I don't think the wild have the experience the Bruins do. I think the Blues win that one. They have the experience of closing series out. I've seen them do it. I think Minnesota's gonna come back. Good. Gonna ride with my boys. I'm glad we don't agree. Calgary, Dallas. Two two right now. They play tonight at nine thirty. It's just so crazy to me that the series is even 2-2. But Dallas right. has played good hockey. Dude, their goalie's been unreal. He's stealing these games. But I'm still going Calgary Flames. I think the Flames can finally take a breath and say, all right, we're even. Let's end this thing in six. Like, they're, like, I, like come on. Come on, Calgary. Wake up. Like, it's going to yeah, happen. They're at home tonight for game five. They're coming off a 4-1 win. So, I'm going Calgary. I have Calgary going to the Cup. But after watching Colorado, that's like, oof. Well, but we all know how Colorado does in the uh, conference finals. Some, they have some tough times. Last series, Kings-Oilers. I'll let you go first. Who you got? Oh, Kings, dude. Me too. Like, I'm day. loving it. I think I'm the Kings it. win and the Oilers blow their team up. I think the Kings win and you might see McDavid be like, I'm done. Like, I want fireworks this summer. We need things to talk about. So I'm hoping the Kings – I think the Kings are going to do it, dude. Get the Kings just the Kings have that swag. They have that swag yeah. right now. They yeah, really they won do. two straight. Like and they're at home. And they're a little shout out spitting chicklets. No free shout out. If the Oilers lose to the Kings and the Flames advance, 
then Wit has to get an earring. He has to get a Jesus <laughs> earring, a cross earring. <laughs> I really Jeez. hope that, that happens. Yeah. So oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, if the Flames lose and the and the Oilers win, then Biz has to shave the top of his head only and go do TNT broadcast. So that'd be even better. Oh my god. Yeah, so that's gonna be a good bet. But Team but, Hank, <laughs> Team Hank, yeah, definitely. We're running more Barcelona stuff. Fuck Marty Bush, Team Hank. <laughs> All right, we're getting we're getting way too way too far off here. Um, as always, you guys can do us a follow at Cue the Duck Boats Pod with a Cue the Duck Boats, just Cue the Duck Boats with a Z on Twitter. And um, keep subscribing, keep listening. We're loving all the support. It's been unreal. And just gear up because we have a lot, a lot of fun things coming forward. Thanks, Kevy. Adios, Jake. Uh-huh.